0: Season one is over. We tackled Jason Voorhees, Pinhead, and Death himself. We have survived. A new year has come. Season two of Beauty and the Geese podcast has begun.
1: Hey, folks. We are back. The latest episode of the Beauty and the Geese podcast where we watch movies so you don't have to. Uh, i am the de Geist in de geest along with the beauty
0: i bring the first half of the equation
1: <laughs> yes the beauty himself
0: <laughs> yes the the beauty the man the myth the legend the beauty uh you been up to anything fun lately beauty I have not. Uh, I finished assembling my Shatterpoint uh, core box, and I got to play some Marvel Crisis Protocol this week, but uh, that is really about it. How about you?
1: Um, The usual comedy stuff. I had an open mic this week that I hosted. Uh, the, when this releases, I will be performing in Brainerd, Minnesota on uh, June 17th. At yesterday's gone, so that should be fun. Um, any other fun things? Watch my brother's kids for a bit.
0: <laughs> that was
1: chaos.
0: Oh, Actually, I can. I, I can imagine.
1: I half watched them while while he during the day while he was at work. I drove them around to things like cupcake camp, <laughs> which was fun. They uh, <laughs> they're known to be picky. The first day I picked them up from cupcake camp and they were, they wouldn't eat their own cupcakes because the recipe included lemon zest. So they fed them to the dog. Okay. And then I asked, I said, so what, what does it cost for send your kid to, uh, to cupcake camp for, I think it's a week and he wouldn't tell me. So it's probably a lot of money to send your kid to cupcake camp and then have them throw the cupcakes away. (laughs) Give them to the dog. The dog loved the cupcakes, though, except for the strawberries. They had strawberries on top.
0: Yeah, I can see dogs not necessarily liking those.
1: Yeah. And uh, second day, I think they had red velvet
0: cupcakes, which those were enjoyable. All right. They didn't even offer you the cupcakes, or did you get one, and then they gave the other ones to the dog? I got some red
1: velvet ones. Okay. The first day, I didn't get any. They were just like... I strawberry shortcake or something cupcakes so they had strawberries on top the dog got all of those like every single one
0: doesn't sound very healthy for the dog but <laughs> he, he had
1: work. he had bathroom issues the I, rest the next 24 hours i can imagine yeah <laughs> so dog learned his lesson
0: probably not
1: no i'm sure if you gave him cupcakes he would just eat more <laughs> He would eat more cupcakes and not not connect that that's where the diarrhea comes from.
0: I, I would I would agree that is probably not lesson learned.
1: <laughs> Outside of that, um, I don't know. I've been playing some MTG Arena. We were just talking about how uh, next week we'll be back. We're gonna break down our top five uh, Magic cards from the. Uh, I don't know what's the what's the set officially called.
0: Uh, Magic Beyond, Universes, Tales of the Lord of the Rings, or something like that. <laughs> Is it really? Uh, let's see here. Tales of Middle Earth,
1: Lord of the Rings, colon, Tales of Middle Earth.
0: Yeah, Universes Beyond, Lord of the Rings, Tales of Middle Earth, yep. Yeah,
1: as we do for each new set, we'll uh, break out our top five. So uh, horror slash MTG fans will get uh, double dose next episode. Uh, feel free to come up with your own and, and tell us why ours suck. <laughs> tell us why our list sucks. Tell next us,
0: episode. yes, as, as we always, as I am always quick to say, everybody's entitled to their own opinion how wrong, no matter how wrong they are. So you can tell us how wrong our opinions are.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of diff- different differing opinions. I know in our group, everybody's excited for this new Middle-Earth set. So uh, everyone will, you know, does Gimli go above Legolas, below Legolas? There's no wrong answer. That's
0: right. It's all just your own opinion, and you are, you're perfectly free to express it, but don't expect us not to make fun of you for <laughs> your opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it should be, uh, it should all be a mystery. Well, at least for me, because I'm one of those guys. I don't, I just don't even look at cards. I may have seen like four spoilers that uh, we talked about on a previous show, but otherwise, I have no idea what's in this set. So I'm just gonna start. Uh, I'll start peeking in a day or day or two before we have to release our next episode.
0: Well, since we are recording this on a Friday, and we're coming back on Monday to record next week's episode. Um, I will probably start looking on Monday afternoon. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Quick but, turnaround. Probably about a half hour to an hour before we uh, we start recording. I will look at, after after finishing the movie Monday afternoon, I will <laughs> look at the spoiler list and figure out what cards I want to actually look at purchasing for this set.
1: Hey, yeah, we have the same uh, planning strategy then, because I do the same thing. And I'm like, oh man, I'm running out of time uh, blue's the worst color in Magic, so I won't even look at the blue cards. That'll save me some time.
0: <laughs> I fucking hate counterspells. I'm not gonna look at the blue cards.
1: Yep, uh, yep. I won't. E- I won't even uh, 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 casually support counterspells by naming blue cards that I like, because that will just lead to more counterspells down the line.
0: Although I, I will say, I have also been playing. Uh, magic arena and the deck that i've made now for historic has gotten me to uh i'm almost a platinum two for ranked hell yeah man
1: countering shit
0: nope nope (laughs) it is mono red control okay it is a bunch of garbage but it's fun to play
1: and in you said historic
0: yep oh that's interesting So you have pretty much everything that has been available on Arena is is available. And they have a card that when you play it, uh, it uh, essentially conjures up the power nine in your deck. So you can play the power nine. Oh, okay. I've seen
1: that card from time to time.
0: Yeah, it's annoying as hell. (laughs)
1: Hey, as long as there's no counter spells. There's There's nothing worse than magic. Then when your blue opponent just sits there with mana open, it's like, okay, I'll pass. Then he passes. Then you pass. Then he passes. Then you pass. Then he passes. And it's like, okay, I'll try to play something. Counter it. And then he's like, okay, dude's tapped out. I'll play one of my big creatures. And like okay. Then I uh, target removal that. It's just a fucking awful game of magic. Yes. It's just like each person sitting there with mana open turn after turn.
0: <laughs> yes, although the deck that I play, the deck that I built, that I play a lot, uh, does a lot of targeted removal stuff. So, and then I win with planeswalkers because it's just fun and annoying to people.
1: <laughs> I just rem- added. Uh, oh, what's the card? Two black, one colorless, Heroes' demise or downfall or something. Yep, yeah, heroes' downfall. Yeah, just because all the planeswalkers I've been seeing lately, I was running go for the throat, man. Save me a mana. This is yeah. standard, and uh, I've just been seeing so many planeswalkers. That I had to, I had to
0: adjust. Yep. All right. Well, we got about yeah ten minutes worth of bullshitting about nonsense. So
1: yeah, good old dork talk. But yeah, we can dive into. <laughs> We can dive into this week's film, 1998's Disturbing Behavior, currently free on Tubi TV.
0: But it is in their short, Leaving Shortly section, so we don't know how long it's going to be free on Tubi.
1: Watch it quick, everybody.
0: Um, Watch it right after you hear this episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a director I never heard of, David Nutter. It's got some people you will certainly recognize. Katie Holmes. Is in it James Marsden, who I wouldn't have known his name, but uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. My uh, most memorable for me is Cyclops in the uh, a lot of the X Men movies. Yep, the newer X Men movies. Yep. Uh, Nick Stalls, another guy that I recognize, but not his name.
0: Yep. Ethan Embry uh, is also in it. Um, he he plays. Uh, he he's he's barely in it. Um, he is fairly
1: in it, which is interesting. I thought he'd be in it more because he's kind of famous, but nope.
0: He's probably the most, yeah. I, I, I mean, other than Katie Holmes is probably the, the second most famous person in this movie as far as career goes.
1: Yeah, Yep. Yeah. And she might just be famous for marrying Tom Cruise.
0: Like. Well, no, I mean, she had, she had the whole Dawson's Creek shit and... I mean, like, she's been in a lot of movies, but she hasn't had the, the gigantic uh, box office success that that you would have thought. But, uh, I mean, being in one of the I Batman just... movies before she got replaced by the sad cartoon turtle. Oh,
1: I was uh... just going to say, outside of that movie, I can't, off, without peeking, I can't think of another Katie Holmes movie. Even this one. Yeah, I didn't knew... have remembered she was in this movie.
0: I I mean, I knew she was in Teaching Mrs. Tingle, uh, which is, again, a late 90s movie as well. Um, Basically, where they kidnap and try to kill their teacher. (laughs) So, and then she was also in the movie Go, which was pretty good as well. Oh, yeah, I liked Go. I remember Go. And Batman Begins, before she was replaced in The Dark Knight by Maggie Gyllenhaal. So she just hasn't had the box office success that you would have thought that somebody would have had coming from the whole Dawson's Creek era. But she's no
1: James Vanderbeek. Nope. Because
0: I don't want your life. <laughs> Varsity Blues, James Vanderbeek.
1: Yeah, so if yeah, if people watch this, they're going to recognize a lot of people, but unless you're a cinophile, you don't really know most of their names. Even uh, janitor guy or Dr. Caldecott, they're both recognizable, but I don't remember from what. But anyway, to the to the movie. Into the beginning of uh Disturbing Behavior. A couple of youngsters at night, they're out on Makeout Point. Was there ever, like, a Makeout Point in Mora, Minnesota? Not that I visited. (laughs) We never got there. (laughs) There might have been a place where teens went to uh, make out in their cars, but uh, not that that we saw. Um, Makeout Point is apparently on a... A bluff overlooking a dam,
0: yeah. The this is, yeah, it's it's secluded spot that is, uh, I guess supposed to be a romantic area for teens to get together and uh, do their thing away from everybody else, but of course, you know. As much as people like to think that the cops are stupid, they aren't that stupid. They know that people go to make out point.
1: Yeah. Yep. And this, uh, the, it's dude football player and he's holding back. He he says he needs to save his fluids, which is, uh, semen retention is like a trend in some circles saying it like it makes you a better athlete. I, I guess that's what he's thinking. She, uh, she convinces him to change his mind
0: <laughs> pretty, te- pretty
1: quickly, pretty quickly. She does the old uh, with her mouth and not, not the words.
0: I, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, she's, she's like, you know, oh, we did, you know, he's like, oh, I need my fluids. She's like, well, I can change your mind. Let me just unzip your pants. Yep. And uh, he's, he's
1: convinced all of a sudden. Well, at least temporarily. Um, because shortly after that, he just reaches down and snaps her neck,
0: <laughs> which is the as they've shown previously, that takes a lot of strength to do.
1: Yeah, maybe she maybe too much teeth. Maybe <laughs> she was using too much teeth. And he's like, No, this is wrong, but uh, shortly, well. This whole time, uh, Gavin, who will we will uh, find out more about later, Gavin's like spying from the, uh, the tree line, essentially.
0: Um, yes, he's a stoner with his dog.
1: Yep, classic stoner trope going on here. And uh, right about this time, the cops show up as well. And the cops are kind of like peeking in the windows. Two cops show up. Uh, one guy's looking in the window and uh, sees the dead gal sitting in the passenger seat. Um, is like, "Oh man, we got a situation. We got a 187 on our hands."
0: Yep, it is Officer Cox and I believe it's Officer Kramer is the other one. And Officer Cox is the he he's the he's the the bad cop. He knows what's going on. And uh, he's he's only talking to uh the quarterback there and Trying to figure out what's going on, Trent and uh, Officer Kramer's the one that that you know they realize that uh, something something's wrong that there's a dead girl in the in the passenger seat.
1: Yeah, so he starts flipping out, of course, like, "Oh man, we gotta arrest this dude." Uh, Trent, football guy, meanwhile, grabs um, the other cop's gun and just shoots him,
0: <laughs> like puts.
1: <laughs> It, I don't know, three, four bullets into him.
0: I don't remember how many shots, but it was enough that to to, to take out Officer Kramer.
1: Yeah, and then uh, Officer Cox is just like, oh, come on, man. What are you yeah. doing? Now we got to cover this up. Like, it's just another day at the job.
0: You got to get out of here. I'll take yeah, care I'll of take this. I'll take
1: care of this. And, uh, of course, he does. Unfortunately, Gavin sees the whole thing. Runs off into the forest.
0: Yeah, uh, you get Gavin's dog, of course, gives him away by starting to bark as well, which alerts Officer Cox to the issue that somebody else saw what was going on.
1: And that's your opening scene there. Pretty suspicious behavior. Corrupt cops. Uh, weird, Weird football star.
0: Almost disturbing behavior.
1: Yeah, you could call it that. Some might. Oh, they, the football guy's eyes did glow red as well while he was getting a, a beige. So uh, something's not quite right in this town that we find out is called Cradle Bay.
0: And cradle Bay's nuts. Just
1: kidding. Yeah, which I don't want to go too off to tangents, but uh, it is a it is an island. They and they have a ferry, like
0: that goes to and from the island. It is yeah, it is located in Washington. And they have a ferry that goes from the mainland out to the island. But there was a fuckload of people on this island.
1: Well, and I want to know like how they have like a giant what's the topography like where they can have a like hydroelectric dam on the island. I'm looking up right now. Maybe it's real.
0: If if there if there's a if there's a river running through the island, the middle of the island. That they they could dam up and have have a hydroelectric dam there.
1: I mean, it's possible. I, I guess I'm just pretty uh, imagining a small island. So maybe I'm thinking too little. Maybe you can easily have a hydroelectric dam on an island.
0: Well, and that's that's exactly what I was thinking too. Where there was a hell of a lot of people there for. What you would think would be a small town.
1: <sighs> oh, well.
0: <laughs>
1: we'll have to go into one of the uh, disturbing behavior fan wikis. Maybe they have a map of the island, but I'm not going to do it at the moment. We uh, At this point, we cut to, it's uh, maybe the next day. They don't say exactly. It is daytime. We cut to Steve, who, uh, if you want to picture him in your mind, he was Cyclops from the uh, the X-Men movies.
0: Yes, James um, James Marsden. Uh, he was also, I believe, the guy that was in Wanted. Uh, the Angelina Jolie movie where they could bend bullets. They could they could curve bullets around things. <laughs>
1: you know, I remember her in that movie. I don't remember the male. Interesting. He should have had better cleavage.
0: I could I could be I could be wrong. It actually it does look like I am wrong, but it was James something. Could be that.
1: J- While well, James and his family, they're uh, they're moving to Cradle Bay. Um, James is like a high school senior, I guess. We already mentioned it. it's an island, so they're taking the ferry over, and uh, it's time for him to go to school as the new kid. Yay! That uh, I never had to experience with that uh, experience. That I'm sure it would be awful <laughs> to move to a new
0: school like your senior year. Yes. We- J- I, I was incorrect. It is James McAvoy that is in Wanted. He was in a, James Marsden was in the original X Men movies as Cyclops. James McAvoy was in the new ones as Magneto, I believe it was. So, I I, I apologize. I screwed it up. I had I had two people, commit, but they do have the same name and <laughs> the same first name
1: it's all right man our fans will uh, rip you apart on the web but uh, that's part of the game that's part <laughs> of having millions of users or listeners you know, all over the globe
0: yes he and he's and he's charles xavier he's not magneto in the new ones in the new x-men movies so we're done i'm done i'm done i'm done talking about it <laughs> <laughs> It's fun. You
1: know there's one guy screaming at home but Like, no, it's the other guy
0: Well, that's one more listener Than we've we're yeah. <laughs> That means we've got a new listener
1: <laughs> Anyway, yes We'll take him Welcome aboard, new listener Um, yeah Cyclops, not Professor X Is, uh, he's, he's moving to Cradle Bay With his family It's like his first day at school Um, the stoners are are nice enough to welcome him.
0: Yep, that is yeah. We see the we see the stoners welcome him at lunch. After we see a fight between one of the gearheads and one of the uh, I guess one of the the popular crowd.
1: Yeah, yeah, they they dive right into uh, the click stereotype, right? Yeah, there's the the gearheads. there are oh, the, uh, they, the they stoners.
0: They went... Yeah, they they went whole hog on on the on the high school cliques. They were like the
1: uh, I forget what they call them, the like
0: computer nerds or something. Yep, yep. There was there was the computer nerds whose musical uh, idea of music was the sound of a Mac cla- you know, a Mac computer booting up. Um, there was yeah. the the gearheads who loved to listen to classic rock and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what was it the ignition compression of <laughs> some something? Whatever. Yeah,
1: Gavin. Gavin goes through each click with the uh, music of choice and drug of choice. Yes. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's stuff like that. So, you know, I think was, their drug of choice is just cheap beer or something for the motorheads.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. There was the gearheads, the geeks, the skaters, the stoners, and then what they call the Blue Ribbon Club.
1: Which is hilarious, because that's how you know this is written by, like, adults. Because even the lamest, like, straight-edge uh, clique in any high school would never call themselves the Blue Ribbons. That's just the <laughs> dorkiest name you could ever come up with. Like...
0: <laughs> well, I'm a card-carrying member of the Blue Ribbons.
1: Yeah. Mm. You know, it's badass, man. Like you, Like, you win at the fair... Like if you have a
0: nice-looking rabbit. (laughs) If you got the best blueberry pie in the county, you get a blue ribbon from the county fair. That's what we're going to call our club, the blue ribbons.
1: And they all, of course, wear their letterman's jackets.
0: (laughs) And it goes to Ethel with the three teeth every year.
1: If you could just get Ethel's secret recipe, you could take her down. Yep. Yep. But that's not how the blue ribbons do it. They don't use drugs, they get good grades, and they uh, they play football. That's your blue ribbons, essentially. Yep, and yes.
0: And Classic
1: and jock stereotype. The popular kids. And we, it's interesting, because it made me think, like, we, I feel like we have had stereotypes at our high school, but, like, there was also quite a bit of uh, mashups and, like, inter in inbreeding, because... Our group was like Magic the Gathering and skaters and potheads and sometimes like some Dungeons and Dragons. So just our group had like a pretty big mashup of stereotypes.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, and it, and I guess there is some sort of crossover, you know? I mean, yes, Magic the Gathering, Um Some people played sports up in in, into high school. Uh, We had a homecoming king. Um, (laughs) I did some drama. (laughs) Yeah, I did some some high school theater, some tap dancing.
1: As did my brother. Not to out him on uh, our national podcast, but our global podcast.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was part of the I was part of the knowledge bowl team. Yeah, man nerdy trivia kind of stuff um but yeah like, i mean
1: you're like we didn't even like or barely played like high school sports but we also would play football quite regularly
0: yeah we played more sports well i used to play basketball in the park quite often too but yeah I, i've never even i i thought about it in junior high playing for the the school but i didn't care enough
1: Yeah. So yeah, we all got we we we're quite the mix, man. You can't stereotype more uh, high grads. We uh we contain multitudes,
0: but there were also people that were exclusively in some groups to themselves.
1: Certainly a few, and that's how it is at uh, in Cradle Bay. Yes, there's there's
0: there's no commingling.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're in your group and you're at war with the other groups and there's no crossover and uh although (laughs) this is one of my favorite parts this is a really early scene um it's just a dude from the motorheads he goes to like the docks at night and he's he like just goes to it's like an empty uh shipyard or something in the middle of the night and he's just shouting, Yeah, I'm like, I'm here to get my Mustang parts.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm here he gets, to pick up the Mustang parts that I want to buy from you.
1: Yeah. And then he just gets jumped by the blue ribbons, like,
0: <laughs> as, as they're carrying basketballs and hockey sticks. And yes,
1: it's just, it's just gen- classic, generic high school stereotypes like, Motorhead guy, I'm here for my Mustang parts. <laughs> and yeah. And then they yeah they come at him with basketballs. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> anyway.
0: That's so 90s.
1: Yeah, so 90s. Um, day after that, I guess, Steve, a.k.a. Cyclops, he's uh, he's at school, gets his first glimpse of Katie Holmes. Cue the, uh, a.k.a. Rachel, cue the, the I'm Falling in Love montage, like the slow pan up of her entire body with the, well, yeah. the sexy I mean-
0: music. The the first view was her like reaching into the cab from the back window of her truck, so all you saw was her ass.
1: Yep, yeah. And then she's got the exposed midriff. Oh, and she is a uh, she's in the stoner slash goth clique. So she's like wearing like a black mini skirt, like fishnet stockings. She's got the piercing, so like, yeah, she's she's hot and she's uh <laughs> and Steve's <laughs> in love. Steve's immediately in love
0: yes uh if steve could make a sound at that point over the music that was coming through on the score it would have just been (laughs) boring
1: yeah yeah the soundtrack to steve was uh i don't know oh yeah by yellow or something like that at that moment (laughs) and luckily luckily gavin's friends good friends with uh rachel says hey i'll introduce you
0: yep I believe he referred to it as Cooper's Ridge Trash or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't. It, it was some some sort of some sort of trash.
1: Local reference, probably. You yes. had to grow up in Cradle. If you grew up in Cradle Bay, I'm sure they're all familiar with Cooper's Ridge Trash.
0: Definitely, yeah. Seems like some sort of neighborhood area, you know, because like it, it wasn't it wasn't trash, but everybody knew the Riverside kids in Mora. Yep. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. It was the opposite. Riverside was.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the fancy part of
1: town. Yep.
0: But but everybody knew that them as the Riverside kids.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You could just say Riverside, and people like, oh yeah. We well, you know it's. <laughs> so it's fun. I like uh, I like shit like that. But anyway, they plan on I don't know, hanging out.
0: Yeah, Gavin, Gavin. Gavin offers to introduce Steve to Rachel. Uh, and they decide that they're going to go cruise the town, find some beer, and go out to the Bluffs and drink. <laughs> that's that's going to be their Friday night.
1: And Yeah, and Rachel, in response to those suggested plans, Rachel says, sounds razor, which I'm going to try to bring that back, man. I assume that they were, again, I'm, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming that's adult writers trying to create teenage slang that sounds cool. She's like, yeah, that's Razor.
0: Yeah, I've never heard that. I Until I had seen this movie, I had never heard that. And I actually forgot about it until <laughs> this, until watching it again. So
1: let's bring it back. Let's bring Sounds Razor back. I'm going to, uh, whenever something kicks ass, man, I'm going to say Razor. That was so Razor.
0: Man, that burger was Razor. Yeah.
1: Let's make it as lame as possible.
0: But yeah, they do. They uh,
1: they all become fast buds. They the the stoner stoner group seems to be the most welcoming group in Cradle Bay because they uh they're all good friends with Steve right away. Uh, that night they do go kind of try to score some
0: beers. Yeah, Gavin strikes out multiple times trying to get beer. I don't know why. They didn't just do what they should have done in the first place because if they, if i was trying if if i was underage trying to get beer the first thing you do is you send katie holmes you send rachel to try to talk to the guys to get beer because they're gonna but they're not gonna refuse beer for her
1: yeah see that's good strata strategic thinking man you don't send the annoying stoner you send the hot girl yes yep but yeah, he strikes out in the parking lot while she just sits in the truck, you know? She could have got the beer right away. But uh, of course, we had to set up the next scene where they're just like loitering out there. And uh, was it Chug?
0: Yep. Chug. Charles, Charles Chug Roman <laughs> is the character's name.
1: Chug's his nickname. Um, Apparently he
0: likes beer too. Yeah, one of
1: the blue ribbons. Uh, he, uh, I guess he's... Had a bit of a thing for Katie Holmes for a bit. Um, tries to, uh, I don't know, hit on her a little bit. Makes this move. She shuts him down. But uh, her sexiness drives him so insane that he just, like, beats the shit out of some dude who is uh, just happens to be at the grocery store and bumping into him or something.
0: There were some stoners from outside of the stoner group. Outside of the normal stoner group. That were uh, kind of being a holes in the grocery store, and did bump into Chug, which set him off, and he kind of went Charlie Bailey Gates on 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 the bit and just beat the shit out of him. So that's a me myself and Irene reference. If you don't know, <laughs> I would not have gotten that one. Oh, if you have not seen that movie, that is a fantastic. I don't movie. think I have. It's Jim Carrey at his best, I think. <laughs> playing three things me well no he's only playing two his name is charlie bailey gates but uh he's playing me myself and then irene is renee zellweger Hmm.
1: i'll add it to my playlist
0: you should it is it is an absolutely fantastic movie it it was i believe that was by the uh same guys that did uh, Kingpin and something about Mary. Um, I forget their names at the moment, but uh, okay. they famous directing brother. Yeah, yeah, those are fun for sure. Anyway,
1: anyway, they, yeah, Chug beats the shit out of the guy. Uh, cops are, of course, they're on it already. And, you know, they're on the side of the blue ribbons. This is when Gavin uh, kind of tells his theory to uh, to Rachel and Steve that, like, hey, there's something not quite right here. There's there's weird happenings. There's disturbing behavior going on in Cradle Bay. I think that the people are hypnotized or whatever. And Rachel's like, obviously heard this before and like, whatever, you weirdo. But uh, Steve and, and Gavin go to spy on a, a PTA meeting kind of thing, or it looks like a late night meeting of the parents and some staff. Um, this is the, the scene we referenced last time, the only scene I kind of really remembered from having seen this in 98. But uh, uh, they're like r- kind of reading the bio of a student. And they they say, I forget most of it already, but they're like, spends entirely too much time masturbating. And Steve gets a chuckle at that, and then uh, turns out it's uh, Gavin's parents who want him to uh, undergo like enlightenment and become like a better student and shit.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, the par- Yeah, they are reading that, and yeah, it, and even Gavin says, "Oh, I feel sorry for that guy." And as as they mentioned, the masturbating part, and then they open the door and he starts freaking, and the parents walk in and he starts freaking out, and it's his parents.
1: Yeah, his parents are like. Yeah, and they all like vote. It's kind of half PTA, half cult, like. But they it's, vote.
0: It's it's the it's the blue ribbons meet blue ribbon club meeting. So it yeah. is, Doctor Caldecott and all of the parents of the town, and uh, they're they're basically yeah trying to indoctrinate more people into the blue ribbons.
1: Yep, and they vote to uh, do we allow uh, Gavin in as a new candidate, and they vote yes, and so uh, Gavin kind of freaks out a bit. He's packing heat out of nowhere, just pulls his gun, and he's, his plan is just like, I'm going to go home and kill all of them.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> Anybody tries to come get me, I'm going to smoke them.
1: Yeah, he's he's just... I mean, I don't know. There's got to be... He goes zero to 60 pretty fast, let's put it that
0: way. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, he... Uh, Knowing what we know, I mean, it seems like it's a it's a pretty big lifestyle change for him.
1: Yeah, well, there's got to be like a happy medium, I would think. Like,
0: because like, doesn't Steve even say,
1: hey, just come stay at my house, man. And he's like, no, I'm just going to kill everyone who comes to my home tonight.
0: (laughs) Yes, I don't want to. Not be at my house. I want to kill people. Yeah, and Steve, I guess,
1: trying to be a good friend, wrestles the gun away from him. Um, and Gavin freaks out a bit, but then just goes home. So again, it's a. I, it just seems like a weird contrast of behaviors. You can say this is so serious, I will kill everyone to prevent this from happening, but then you wouldn't just go
0: home. <laughs> Yeah, you'd probably try to find somewhere else to go if you think that they're going to come after you.
1: Yeah, stay at Steve's house. Stay at Rachel's house, man. She's hot. Yeah, I need you to comfort me tonight.
0: Yeah, but I mean, she seems to be more interested in Steve than she is Gavin anyway. That is true. And uh, he should have...
1: Well, I don't know. I don't know if he should have hung out of the gun, but cut to the next morning at school, uh, Gavin... Walks in and he's one hundred percent straight edge, blue ribbon. Now he's got like Brill Cream in his hair, sweater vest, sweater vest, and he just go walks right over and sits at the blue ribbon table with the cool kid, cool kids.
0: Yep, because earlier in the film when they were first introducing Steve to all of the cliques, uh, he said hi to one of the blue ribbons and she told him to drop dead so now he's sitting next to her and they're laughing together at lunch
1: yeah there was like the uh you know the blonde hot blue ribbon gal that he he mentioned earlier that he'd a crush with and now he, you know yeah now he's just sitting right
0: next to her and steve lorna lorna Was was the existence... There were two two points of existence for women. There was Lorna, and then there was everybody else. Yeah. She was the purveyor of all his masturbatorial fantasies. So, slightly obsessed.
1: Yeah, and that, but, I mean, now his dream's coming true. He just goes up and sits right next to her. And uh, Steve is like, okay, this is interesting. This is odd." he goes, tries to talk to Gavin... And uh, does not go well.
0: No, he gets jumped. the The blue ribbons have to kick his ass because he he upset them.
1: Yep, and even uh, even Gavin gets like a good punch in on Steve. So Gavin has is turned quite quickly.
0: Yep, and this is oh. where. Uh, yeah, they have the whole thing. Well, we did have the the part with the weird janitor guy in the basement with gavin and steve before yeah they're gonna go smoke in the basement of the school and he's talking about how he's trying to find all of the rats
1: yeah and he's uh well yeah then yeah then after that the uh, steve goes to uh after getting beat up here steve then goes to the basement to i don't know count his lumps or whatever and he uh, talks meets the janitor again uh, and the janitor is finds out uh, the janitor is kind of faking being uh, i don't know what you call it these days crazy <laughs> crazy neurodivergent
0: yeah something like that um he's crazy like a fox like hamlet yep and and Steve here
1: kind of finds out the janitor has been faking it right the janitor says something like you know you can't imagine what people talk about when they think you're
0: (laughs) yeah he notices that you know the this the janitor who uh everybody thinks is really dumb and crazy has a book by Kurt Vonnegut in his back pocket slaughterhouse five it was yeah and and As the janitor yells at him, then he's like, "Oh, you like Kurt Vonnegut?" And then they're like, "Then that's when they have their little conversation where Steve realizes that the janitor is more than what he seemed to be, more than meets the eye." To reference an '80s cartoon. Yep, correct. Um,
1: So yeah, Steve learns something, but his buddy's an asshole now. Uh, Steve goes home that night and he finds he finds Lorna chilling on his couch. And uh, Lorna has been tutoring Steve's younger sister, who I don't know, was fifteen,
0: something like that. Younger sister, yeah. They they didn't really specify much of an age, just know that they're tutor. She's being tutored in algebra.
1: Yeah, and uh, of course this spooks Steve a little bit because now he's he doesn't really like the the blue ribbons. Um. He is she kind of hits on him, but he's like, You better go, you know. And she just says, Hey, can I uh, go use the bathroom first? Steve's a nice guy, so he says, Sure, go to right ahead. Grabs himself a coke, um, drinks it as sexily as Katie Holmes' earlier sequence where they pan up and down her whole body.
0: You could almost <laughs> hear Careless Whisper playing in the background there.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. They show him like he's sweaty. He's drinking a coke like in slow motion, and Lorna is catching glimpses of him from the bathroom and yep, in, the, uh, in
0: the mirror. And she, oh, she's she's getting horny.
1: Yeah, horny enough to give herself uh, one of the bees, our first and only uh, boob of this movie. Yep. She comes out topless. And as we've seen before, I guess getting turned on kind of makes their brain snap a little bit.
0: A short circuit.
1: Yeah, so she comes out topless, just goes at him 110%. Uh, he's, he does kiss, he kisses her, but uh, then notices her eyes glow red a bit. And he's like, whoa, what the hell? And she just snaps and starts like smashing her head into a nearby mirror, bleeding out of her forehead. And then she comes at Steve. She grabs a shard of glass from the busted mirror while she's bleeding out of her face, comes at him with it, like, to stab him to death. He fights her off and tosses her, like, into the cupboards.
0: He just gives, yeah, he gives her a good old wrestling hip toss. And she's yes. <laughs> flying into the cupboards. Yeah, there's shirt book. now open everywhere. And her skirt up over, her, you know, like you, you pretty much get the full view right there. Oh, yeah. and And then she, like, comes to and she's like, what am I doing here? I should be home studying. I have a big physics exam tomorrow. And she just packs up her stuff and leaves with a gigantic cut on her forehead. or she's bleeding all over her face.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so again, more uh, disturbing behavior, well-named film. And then they, uh, uh, they do show her briefly. Um, now she's like, I don't even know where it is. it, it it looks like a hospital, but not quite a hospital—a lab of some sort. She's like unconscious on a gurney with her eyes shut and a big head wound.
0: And, well, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure when she got home, the parents called, and, and you know, and took her to the hospital to figure out what was going on, and and she was, yeah, given to into the care of Doctor Ald- Caldicott. And, and yeah, they and he just basically decides he's going to patch her up and uh, remove the part of her brain that uh, uh, would, uh, I guess, he's removing the, he wants to remove the part of her brain that would make her horny the next time so she doesn't, so it doesn't happen again, because it seems like now with what's going on, every time these kids get excited, they snap.
1: Yeah. It's so, uh, yeah, the, so, the The next day at school, um, Rachel goes down to, like, the boiler room, I guess, or the basement, uh, chug, <laughs> chug the blue ribbon, which is, that's the other thing, again, not to go on too many tangents, that's another one that doesn't make sense. Like, once you join the blue ribbons, you should stop using the nickname Chug. It shouldn't fit anymore. You're no longer a beer chugger, but they they also call him Chug. And Chug follows uh, Rachel down to the boiler room and uh, attempts to force himself on her.
0: Yep. Gets interrupted by the rat, the sonic rat alarm going off. Freaks out, climbs up to where it is up on like the upper uh, catwalk of of the boiler room there in the school and throws the the radio down, or the, the alarm down, smashes it, and then walks out of the boiler room like nothing happened. Yeah. And the pretty janitor notices what happened and is like that's kind of odd.
1: Yeah, pretty clear foreshadowing here. The the janitor is sonic rat device. Oh, also uh, happens to uh, really really affect the the blue ribbon people.
0: Yes. Clever foreshadowing.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, now they've seen enough. Rachel and Steve have seen enough to, uh, they now they believe what Gavin is trying to tell them all along. Uh, the leader, again, is uh, of the club is kind of Dr. Caldecott. So they decide, uh, Rachel and Steve decide to go to the mainland, and they're going to investigate his, his
0: history. They Yeah, they found where he previously worked, which was a mental hospital. So they go to check it out. Because uh, Gavin, Gavin left them uh, a a video message saying that if he didn't come back, that this is you know something happened to him, and they have, and it's up to now it's up to Rachel and Steve to figure it out.
1: Yep, and they they do try. So good on them. They yeah they go to this uh, psychiatric institute or whatever, um, kind of f- try to figure out the history of Dr. Caldecott. It's a very lax security there. Like they just they walk in in the middle of the night. There are uh, unsupervised psychotics everywhere. I guess they do have like one guard and one staff member, but they don't. Like people are just roaming the halls or (laughs) in the
0: in the lobby. Yes, very very unstructured for a uh, for a. I guess mental institution. Yes. <laughs> at at night the way it is. Um, to yeah, prove are... for it to be <laughs> extremely, extremely lax security. These are
1: free range patients
0: at this yes. institute. They can I assume they can
1: just leave at any time because Steve and Rachel just walked in very easily. But uh, they're 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 half sneaking around. Um they do cause the patients to kinda start getting loud as they enter this one room where they find a girl just chanting to herself. I forget what she said. It's half important. Something about the the little bees or the little flowers or something. And she's just repeating this phrase over and over.
0: Yes. And she, it, it, yeah, it almost, it starts to crescendo and the patients start, um, Gathering around her room as the guard, as, as the staff member, the orderly, or the guard, are in there checking out the, I, I guess, yeah, I don't know why, if they're portraying it to be late at night, why they would have all these people in, like, the main common hall like that, and then, <laughs> yes, they go into the other room, she starts chanting, getting louder and louder, The the other patients start gathering around her room, getting louder and louder and louder, which has now got the attention of the guards and orderlies. And uh, Steve is trying to get her to be quiet, and Katie Holmes just knocks her the fuck out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that works. That, that that calms the rest of the patients down now because that woman is not saying her phrase over and over.
0: Yeah, and they notice that the, the bracelet, as they're putting her back in her chair, because <laughs> she was in a rocking chair when they walked into the room, And she got up and started chanting. And as as Steve is putting her back into her uh, rocking chair, in case the orderlies look in it'll look like she's just asleep there, Uh, he notices the bracelet says Caldecott. Oh, connecting all the dots now. Yep, there was already concern, but this this pretty much seals it because instantly, you know, he knows it's Caldecott's daughter. It it's the doctor's little... daughter. Time to go home. Yep. So, yep. They're trying to catch the last ferry back to the island when they get, they're stopping to put gas in the truck because, you know, Katie Holmes is an old shitty truck and it doesn't get very good gas mileage when they get stopped by Officer Cox.
1: Yeah. He's questioning them, you know, where are you going? You're up past curfew, this and
0: that. Yeah, we were, oh, we were just studying. Oh, well, where are your books? Uh, uh, get out of the car. Get, get in the back of the cop car. He's going you know, to lock him in. <laughs> and the janitor pulls up, and he's just like, right, City council pays me a quarter per rat. Which, if there's the city that they live in on the island, but they're on the mainland, it probably wouldn't be considered the same city. So, yeah, uh, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But anyway, the
1: same thing. Timely arrival for the janitor to be showing up at this gas station at who knows, 3 a.m. or something, but whatever.
0: Well, they said the last ferry leaves at 11, so it had to be before 11.
1: OK, so it's not quite as late.
0: It's luckily, not as luckily late. He's
1: there. He <laughs> luckily, he's there to a smash Officer Cox with a uh, rat device assigned. On a rat device, which is about the size of a—I uh, don't know—a
0: large boombox.
1: Yeah, it looks like a boombox. Not to date ourselves, <laughs> for uh, for our younger audience, um, <laughs> I don't even know.
0: About the size of a good-sized cooler.
1: Yeah, a nice igloo cooler.
0: Yep. Get yourself a Coleman.
1: Yep. And he yeah he tells the kids to uh, get out of there, so they do. And they, uh, Steve goes home now. Steve wants to get his little sister and get her the hell out of there because he knows uh, Caldecott is doing weird shit to the kids in town. But uh, the Blue Ribbons are also there.
0: Yep, he walks in. His parents confront him and says, you know, oh, you know I'm taking, taking Lindsay and we're getting out of here. We're going back to Chicago. And Caldecott's there. He manages to... I believe he just punches out Caldecott at that point, but all yeah, the he other does. all the other blue ribbons are there, and they surround him and beat him up, and and they get uh, they they get uh, transported. Both both Rachel and Steve get transported to the lab to uh, I guess. <laughs> Get indoctrinated with yeah, the yeah. special bind programming by Caldecott.
1: Yeah, they call it enlightenment or enlighten enlighten something.
0: Enlightenment training. Yeah, enlightenment
1: training. So yeah, they take him there, they strap him down in one of those chairs. Um, they prop his eyes open with one of those uh, whatever.
0: <laughs> he did he did kind of as he was fighting his way to be before he got thrown in the chair, manage to snag a scalpel. Off of the uh, counter, which I don't know why they would have a scalpel out. They're not actually performing any sort of surgeries or anything, but he did. And yep. it, is a, it is a movie. It doesn't necessarily have to make sense. But as he's being loaded into his room that they're using to enlighten him, he does see Rachel being loaded into a chair in another room. Um, the the doctor that he's got there uh, begins the process he starts cutting through his uh, his bindings on his arm. Gets through the binding, rips the arm off of the chair completely. Arnold in in Total Recall style. Yes, exactly what I thought. And then stabs the guy with the with the arm of the chair. <laughs> and, yeah, he's got and,
1: the, the the connector device. Happens to be a nice little rod.
0: Yep, and and gets you know gets himself out of there goes and smashes the other guy with a pipe uh, that is in Rachel's room, frees her up before she can be completely indoctrinated. and they uh, as as they get outside the clinic, the one guy that we've forgotten to mention pulls up with uh, Lindsay, who is UV, who's Gavin's friend, Gavin Stoner friend, looks like he's got some uh, chromosomal problems. He looks like he's an albino.
1: Yes, he does.
0: <laughs> uh, he won't let them get in the truck. Okay, he, he won't let them get in the truck till they answer a question. And uh, his question that he wants to an- ask them to determine whether they've been indoctrinated by the Blue Ribbons or not is, what's the capital of North Dakota? <laughs> and the response is, how the fuck should I know? Well, you're a high school student in the United States, so you sh- you probably have had to do the uh, states and capitals at some point or another. <laughs> so you should know the capital of North Dakota. Cheat.
1: That's the joke, man. You're you're a real unbrainwashed American student if you don't know anything. <laughs> and, and it
0: and it wasn't like they were. For, they moved to this. You know, they moved to this town in Washington from Illinois, which isn't really. In, in all things considered, that far from North Dakota.
1: <laughs> well, but, what's the capital of North Dakota, man? Uh, I believe it's Bismarck. I am 80% sure you're right.
0: Yeah, I'm 90% sure it's Bismarck. Okay. Actually, I'm more than 90% sure. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, yeah. They yeah they all hop in the truck so there's UV Lindsay Ga- uh Steve and Rachel in the truck they are driving through town to get out of there they're supposed to be hopping on the ferry and uh, they uh, get to the main road and all of the blue ribbons are there blocking them so they stop. Um, Caldecott's there. All the other blue ribbons are there. They have their little confrontation, uh, and as they're about to be taken back to the lab to be reindoctrinated, uh, the janitor shows up in his El Camino, whips through there. He's driving to, He's speeding towards them. Caldecott starts shooting at him. Uh, He does a tail, he does a tail slide with his El Camino (laughs) and uh, takes out (laughs) Caldicott.
1: And then you see the trunk is full of his rat devices.
0: Yep. He's got He's got them all covered up. He takes off down a side road towards Lover's Lane there, towards the, the, the makeout Bluffs. All of the blue ribbons start following him because he turns on the the rat device. So he's uh, it basically turns into the Pied Piper. Um, as Steve grabs the Steve tells UV to get Rachel and Lindsay out of there to the ferry. He's he'll be there shortly. He grabs one of the blue ribbons dirt bikes and starts taking off riding and passes up all of the blue ribbons. Uh, he catches up to the to the janitor who. Now has decided he's going to turn on all of the the rat devices because uh, can't have any of these people escaping the town. And uh, so they all start climbing over. And as he was driving towards the group of blue ribbons, he was shot right. as one of one of the um, shots fired by Caldecott and actually hit him in the side hit him in the side, so he knows he's gonna de- he's gonna die, so he wants to make sure that he takes out all of the blue ribbons and so he turns the turns the devices on they start climbing all over his car he drives them over the cliff into the river
1: (laughs) nice heroic way to
0: go yep but now steve turns around to leave and there is caldecott with his gun and they have a fight (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah they they have their they have their fight and eventually Steve ends up throwing Caldecott over. He, Steve wins the Royal Rumble. Takes back. Takes off on the dirt bike. Manages to. Uh, he he he, blows through the the barrier because the ferry is already leaving. He jumps the dirt bike off the pier <laughs> onto the ferry, and then finds Katie Holmes and they have a loving embrace yeah, which <laughs> he's he's now kidnapped his sister because the parents don't want to go back to Chicago because what he told katie what he told Rachel earlier in the movie was that his brother was not that he was not all there. He was always in pain, and he he shot himself. And that's why his parents decided to move to Cradle Bay. So his brother was played by Ethan Embry. You just saw them in flashbacks of of short little video clips there. and uh, But now they're going back. And uh, you think that that's the end of the film? Nope, not quite. They left it completely open for a sequel, but they never did that I know of make a sequel. Because the next thing you see is uh, look to be, I guess, uh, more of kind of an urban uh, school system and and what do you uh, mean by that <laughs> well student it, demographics they certainly it, looked urban actually well the student gra- demographics looked more urban but also when you could see out the windows in the classroom it looked more of an urban setting as well
1: sure yeah so trying to
0: call me a racist <laughs> no, i thought the same thing <laughs> And, and also the way that it was presented was, it was very, it was very urban. Um, but yeah, uh, the principal is there introducing their new student teacher and it pans to him as he's writing, he writes, go forward on the board, turns around and it is Gavin. Gavin did not go over the cliff with everybody else. Or oh. if he did, he survived.
1: Yeah, he's the new teacher. And I guess, yeah. Roll credits, leaving it wide open like you mentioned, but they don't, they never went anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned something else just now that I was going to bring up, like they, yeah, Steve just legit kidnaps his sister because he leaves his parents behind on the island and what's, he says something like, yeah, now we go home and Rachel says, where is that? And he says, wherever we are. So I guess they're going to go on the run for the rest of their lives.
0: Wherever we are, as long as we're together. Yeah. You can't...
1: And I would have thought, like, after you... <laughs> well, maybe maybe they do have to go the run, because they legit just... Someone's got to answer some questions at some point, right? Like, there's going to be an investigation. Like, like you killed, <laughs> who knows, 20 members of the student body.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Like, the, from what they were saying, the only people that were left in their class would have been uh, Rachel and Steve. So everybody (laughs) else was dead, even though they showed a shitload more people during the school scenes and everything. Yeah, Uh, there were
1: only maybe 20 that went off that cliff, but
0: yeah, (laughs) whatever. And Steve killed at least one person. Yep. Because, you know, he, well, actually, no, two people. Because he stabbed the guy in the in in the lab with yeah. the chair, with the with the arm of the chair, and then he threw Caldicott off of a cliff. <laughs> so I mean, there's at least two people that that he has killed,
1: right? And and this is after like, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look good for them. I see why they're running because their last encounter with law enforcement was knocking out, uh, you know, Officer Cox ends up unconscious he's going to return to the island and be like, okay, there's scientists dead at the lab. All these kids went over, went overboard. Um, where? <laughs> yeah. Where are Steve and Rachel? They need to answer some questions here. And they're just, they're going to be on the run, which will certainly look
0: suspicious. For sure. And, and you know, and yeah, like, he." took his little sister from the parents you know it's like how are you going to provide i guess he's going to go on to play play cyclops that's how he's going to provide
1: right because yeah they're going to run out of money fast they probably have about 20 bucks in their pocket but uh, we never got the sequel so we never know what happened to them on the run or what happened to gavin in his new school because well that's another thing like they make it look like well this will continue but does Gavin have the scientific know-how to con- keep brainwashing children?
0: Or did Caldecott survive? Did they all survive too?
1: Yeah, so many unanswered questions. We really need disturbing behavior too. We can add this to our list of movies we have to write.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be Razor list. Man if we got a sequel. Absolutely, we can make it Razor. So that is uh, what we have for a movie for this week. Uh, we have we have decided to watch House of Wax for next week, which I believe was uh, the Paris Hilton movie. I believe she is the main one of the main stars in House of Wax. Yep. 2005. A group of teens are unwittingly stranded near a strange wax museum and soon must fight to survive and keep from becoming the next exhibit. Starring Chad Michael Murray, Paris Hilton, Alicia Cuthbert, Brian Van Holt, Jared Padalecki of Supernatural fame. Uh, I believe that's all. Those are all the people that Window.
1: also uh free on tubi yes check it out at home everybody 2005's yep. house of wax if that wasn't obvious enough because i believe this is a remake or a reboot or something of some older horror movie so it's the new one
0: or newish one <laughs> i wouldn't doubt that it yeah some sort of um Chad Michael Murray, also of Dawson's Creek fame. So handsome. So yeah, I believe that is uh what we got for this week. I don't know if you got anything else, or are we signing off at this point? Yeah, let's rock and roll, man. That's it. All right. Yep, we are signing off. So this is Scott the Beauty. Signing off for the Beauty and the Geese podcast, where we watch movies so you don't have to.
1: Hey, goodbye.